If I haven't met you, my name is Ryan. I'm, I'm part of the family here at Patch Community Chapel, what we call the Humble Patch Chapel in Stuttgart, Germany. If you would, please open your Bibles to Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 21. We like to hear at Patch the, the rustling of that paper of your Bibles. You should bring your Bibles Every week, every day with you, wherever you go, it's the Word of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21, we learn about what Paul says about how we spend our time. It's in Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 21, where we continue our series in Ephesians about our true identity in Christ. This is everything. Our identity is every, it drives everything we do. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21, we learn nine ways to redeem time that we've lost. So with that, I want to say this. What's your most valuable resource? What is your most valuable resource? That's right. Time is my most valuable resource, and every day I get to choose how I want to spend it. Nobody tells me what to do with it. You can't make me do something with my time that I don't want to do. I choose however I want to spend it every day. I choose to invest it. So on behalf of the the staff chapel here and the chaplains, and we want to say thank you, because you could have been doing anything this morning. You could have been sleeping in. You could have been anywhere but here, but you chose to be here. We have some friends, too, that says, you know what? I'm so sorry we can't make it Sunday because we're going here to see this. And I say amen to that, too, because there are times to get away and to recuperate and to restore the soul. and to There are times for everything. So we don't meet here out of guilt. We say, what does the Lord want you to do? And then go do that. If you need some family time to get away, do that. But when you come here, we honor your time. We honor the fact that you you are faithfully committed here. And that's why we pour our time over the studying of the scriptures and the reading of the word. Because this is all part of helping you grow, us grow corporately uh, together in our our faith. We're growing together. Time is so precious. I, I have confessed this. Uh, two weeks ago, I confessed this, that I'm so sad that I've wasted so much time in my life, specifically the last three years. And I wasted a lot of time talking about people, talking about things, talking about different, wh- whatever you want to call it conspiracy theories, whether they were true or not, I spent a lot of time doing it when people, what they really needed to hear was the gospel. But I got caught up in it. What people really needed from, instead of hearing that stuff from me and hearing some bitterness and hearing some complaining, and what they needed to see was someone role modeling, kingdom living, gospel-centered living, 
radically, courageously confessing sin and normalizing the need for the Savior and role modeling what it looks like to live in the kingdom. Confession and repentance in front of people. The gospel comes with a, with a hot bowl of soup and a warm cup of coffee and an open door where we allow people in our house. That's what we're doing here. Time is so precious. Last Friday, it was Thursday, I did a memorial service at my work for a 42-year-old young guy who died sitting on his couch. I mean, that's too young, right? The next day, the very next day in the Kelly gym, someone was working out, and that person died right there in the gym. The next uh, Friday, we get a text from back home, and, and, and my family, Jeanette, they, they found a, a friend who's been a, a friend for a long time, died. Last night, I get a text from my buddy Sammy, who says, hey man, we lost another one. His friend that he was on the submarine with had taken his own life, a father of eight children. Life is too short. It's so short, and it, and it goes by just like that. One thing I love about having all the, all the generations in here, all the children, if, if you can, turn to an adult and, and ask them questions turn to a senior citizen and ask them questions about their life, you begin to learn real quick how you should live your own life because you can hear people talk about, well, I wish I would have done this different. This is what I do all the time. Now, part of my job is I do a lot of retirements and a lot of memorials, way too many memorials. I think in the past three or four years now, I think I'm over 30 that I've personally been, been a part of. Uh, Pastor Eric, when he was mortuary, he's done thousands, thousands of memorials. And so I like to ask people what, at the end of their life what, what things they regret. And then I, that helps shape me and my own life and how I spend my time. So I think if you are being honest, adults, children, everybody in here, you're, you're thinking right now, like, wow, how am I spending my time? Like, am, I wasting a lot of my, am I wasting a lot of my time? Where, where is it going? I want to spend a lot of my time with things that don't matter most? Well, if that's you, then you're in for a treat because God's word talks about how to redeem time. We've often been taught that time is unredeemable and you can't get it back. But look what the scriptures say. We can get it back. That's what the scriptures tell us. We can redeem time. So here's our passage. Let me read it for us and then we'll break it down uh, verse by verse. I'm reading from possibly a different version from you, but it says the same thing here. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 21. Paul speaking, Pay careful attention then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time. Some of your versions say redeeming the time or purchasing the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, so don't be foolish. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Verse 18, and, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, or some versions say reckless living, wasteful living, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another with psalms, 
hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making music with your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in, out of reverence for Christ or out of fear for Christ. So, so real quickly, let's, let's go through this verse by verse. Um, pray, uh, pay careful attention. This word here, it t- tells us literally, Paul's telling the, the readers, to look at your life and to live as wise people, not as unwise. So in this life, we are really amphibians. Like we're here on earth, but we're also citizens of a kingdom. And we bounce back and forth between uh, earth and heaven all the time. So this is how you live wise. We, we live here on earth knowing that our true citizenship is in heaven. I'm not a citizen really. I'm a U.S. citizen, but this is really not my home. I'm just here temporarily. Like I, I live for the kingdom of God. Someone asked me if I was political once. I'm very political. I have a king. And I live in a monarchy. And there's a kingdom. And everything I do is through the lens of I live in the kingdom of God. So my stock isn't here. I have some stocks. But my, but my treasures aren't here on earth. If you look at the American dream and what the world is trying to sell us, it's this. You work hard. You get this beautiful pension. And maybe you might buy a boat and spend the rest of your life on a vacation just sailing and coasting, having an easy, smooth life. That is not the kingdom of God. That is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is we give our lives to a cause, and the whole world is full of people who are, who are wounded and broken and dying in need of salvation, a savior. And we give our lives to things because we think it's going to be our savior, and it always falls short. When the Turners were moving out across the street, I remember John told me, he's like, gosh, all this stuff's in the car. And, and I just felt like saying, John, you know, all of our stuff is the stuff of future garage sales and dumpsters and the patch thrift shop. <laughs> we don't take anything with us. And I just said that in passing, and I, was walk, and I walked back to my, my apartment. And, uh, and then he told Tracy, and Tracy's old genetic, he says, that really impacted me. And then it impacted me. I was like, yeah, that, that, is pretty, uh, that is pretty wise, right? And I don't know why I get so mad sometimes, but, but someone will scratch my car. I'm like, oh, or the kids come into the car and, oh, my seats. And sometimes Kylie, who's not here today, her allergies, but she, Dad, remember, remember we're not bringing this car to heaven? And I, that's so good, but I forget. I always forget, so I always need reminders. To not make something matter more that doesn't matter most. We waste a lot of time making things matter more that don't matter most. And I've been, the more and more I get in this kingdom mindset, the more and more I'm letting go of things. The more and more I rejoice that my kids' shoes are getting worn out or their clothes are getting dirty. But then I forget. Sometimes I forget. Like yesterday, Kyler was painting and he got a little paint on his little nice shirt and I got upset. Shouldn't have because if I have a kingdom mindset, it doesn't matter. I want the stuff to get worn out anyways. I'm going to live life to the fullest. That's living wise. That's living wise here. Verse 17. And don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Understand what the Lord's will is. Um, Let me go back really quick to to making the most of time here. It's this word here. It's a Greek word, exagorazo. And it means to buy back 
or purchase the time that you lost. It means to buy it back. Um, okay, we're going to get transparent here. We're going to get vulnerable. Any impulse shoppers in here? Anybody? Oh, I got one, two, three, four. Yes. I was at the, the shop at here. Remember the, you know the shop at? You know that little section of the shop at where there's like things are on discount? Okay. I saw the other day, you know the Pockies, the Pocky stick, the chocolate sticks, kids? The Pockies? 90% off. You know what I did? I bought them all. I took the whole thing. These things are normally like $2, and they were on sale for like 24 cents. You have to buy that. So I took the whole thing. I took it, and then it caused a big deal because they, they did it, they registered it wrong, and then, and then it was like 10 at night, and they ended up, we ended up walking out of there at 10.30 by the time they fixed this thing. We kept all the workers late. The manager was super like upset, but I had to buy those things. 20 cents for the Pockies. That's what this word is. When you see an opportunity, you buy it. I'm not telling you to be impulse shoppers like me. I'm just saying, in regards to kingdom living in time, you're like, hey, this is an opportunity. I don't want to waste it. Someone asks me, hey, hey, chaps, you got a minute? If I'm thinking right, I drop what I'm doing and I go present. My friend Dan, when he talks to me on the phone, he goes, hey, Barangatang, you know what? Uh, God told me that whenever, that whenever you call me, <coughs> Whenever you call me, I should stop what I'm doing and just listen to you. And I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty awesome. Because I'm usually multitasking when, when I'm calling people and not present. I called my buddy Charlie at Camp Pendleton the other day, and I was riding my bike, and he's like, so what am I, your bike time booty call? Like, what, what is this? Like, multitasking? Right? No, I, I want to be present. But... Redeeming time, seeing everything, seeing my time is precious, and someone wants to talk, just being present. It, it, takes, it takes a conscious effort nowadays because we walk around with these little devices. I saw someone at the bus stop the other day. The person was talking to them. And the other person was like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And my just heart just broke for the other person. He was trying to, they were trying to, to talk. Have you ever talked to someone? And, and me, being five foot one, uh, it happens occasionally. I'll be talking to someone and they'll look right over my head. It's not present. But when we make the most of our time and we see things as redeemable, like we can buy back time that was lost by being present, being kingdom-minded, kingdom-focused. Okay, all right, I need to, I need to keep moving through this passage here. Um, I looked up uh, five, this book, the top five regrets of the dying. And I think about this a lot because I, I think at, when people are on their deathbed, what are they thinking of? So here's the top, according to this book, according to Bronnie Ware, uh, one, I wish I had the courage to live true to myself, not the life others expected for me. Two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I mean, how many retirements have we been where the person, they give the flowers to the family and then they're crying and they say, I, wouldn't, I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time at work. It's almost every time. And I always whisper, just cry, man, because I'm holding it back. They, they say, I'm going to be strong and hold it back. I go, just cry. It's something to cry about. Three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Not living in fear, always worried about what other people are thinking. Four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Five, I wish I had let myself be happier. So this is just one, one perspective, but I see this a lot. I see this a lot when I do 
retirements, and when you do memorials. Notice what's not on this list. Nobody said, man, I, I, wish, I just wish I would have worked a little bit harder than I would have got that little cool color ribbon right here. Uh, I, wish, I wish I would have uh, seen more countries. I don't know. I, I wish I would have had more money in my bank account when I die. People don't say these things. And we can capitalize on this and, and look at people's regrets and live that way. And for the young people in here, I mean, those of us who are older, I mean, our, we're coming at the, la the, the latter end of our lives. you got your whole lives ahead of you. Walk around and ask the adults, hey, how, how do you think I should spend my time? How do you think I should live? Probably be something like, man, I wish I would have more biblically wasted a lot of time. This is something, uh, an activity we did at, at uh, one, of the, one of the chapel retreats we had. I forgot which one it was. I sat down with all the teenagers and we, we aligned. See, we, we drafted mission statements, life mission statements, family mission statements, and then everything I do, I put this in alignment. And everything I've read about, uh, you know, everything I've learned in the military, I put it in here and ends, ways, means. I got all nerdy with this. But I wanted to align my life with something kingdom-focused. So priorities determine goals, determine activities. Or you can flip this thing upside down and say, how am I spending all my time? And is it conducive for these goals that I have? And are my goals in line with my priorities in life? So my, my goal in life, I think God, I think I'm here on, on earth specifically in a job using the skill sets that God gave me to turn my ears into graves where people could bury their problems and begin healing. I just love, I just love doing that. Your mission will be different, but when I look at my life, I make sure it's all in alignment. I got kingdom priorities, I got uh, my family priorities, and, and my vocation or my calling priorities. And I just, every once in a while, I look at this on the wall. I look at this. You know who's really good at this is, is Kate Porter. She, every, every month she comes up to me and she goes, I updated my little PGA chart. And I got new goals on there, and I'm like, man, you are squared away. She's a teenager, and life is being squared away. So anyways, I encourage you to do this on your own. Okay, so the nine ways Paul talks about on how to, how to buy back time are in verses uh, 17 through 21. Not being foolish, but understanding what the Lord's will is. What, what is the will of the Lord? Does anybody know? If, if you have someone to say, hey, what's, what's God's will? What's the will of the Lord? Well, the first passage that comes to my mind is John 6, 38. John 6, 38. In John 6, 38, John 6, 38 says this, For I have come down from heaven, Jesus speaking, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me. Right? This, this is good. Jesus is very specific. That I should lose none of these he has given to me, but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Pretty explicit. If you look at Jesus' life all throughout the Gospels, all throughout the book of John, he's in line with the will of God. What do you call a kid? What do you call a child who only does what his dad says? It's Jesus. That's Jesus. Look at John 5.30. John 5.30 says this, Jesus speaking, I can do nothing on my own. I judge only as I hear 
and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus' mission in life was to please the Father. First and foremost, every day, every morning, he looks to the Father and says, are you pleased? Remember in Matthew 26, Jesus, did he want to go to the cross? Let's be honest, did Jesus want to go to the cross? I mean, he prayed in Matthew 26, isn't there a plan B, Father? That's my translation. There's got to be another way. Father, if there's another way, can we just do that? But not my will, but... So it sounds like Jesus went to the cross, not for you and me, but to please the Father. The RB, I get it, the RB could be made. Yes, he went to the cross for me. He died for me to say... But I like to think of it in terms as he looked up and he goes, I don't want to do this. Father, your will be done, not mine. And so Jesus' life characterized by pleasing the Father. When my children were really young, I would ask them when they get back from school, uh, did you please the Father today? Not, did you, did you learn something cool? Did you get smarter? Did you make good decisions? It's, did you please the Father today? And we tried to drill that into their minds. Did you please the Father? When we dropped them off for school, please the Father today. Remember when Ryder was really young, he wrote me a letter and he says, Aloha, Daddy, please the Father today. Still got that in my office till today. Okay, um, as, as let's, let's move along here in our passage. That's, that's the will of the Lord. And here's, here's another part. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You, you, you know a really good way to waste your time? It's being drunk all the time. I don't know why this is, but our, our society has done a really good job. Listen to me, young ones. They've done a really good job. We spend millions and billions of dollars on commercials and ads trying to convince you that being drunk and drinking alcohol at an early age is cool. We, this is a multi-million dollar industry, and I'm telling you, listen to me, children. Don't buy the lie. Don't, it's a lie. It's a lie. If we have some courageous people in here, some adults who are courageous, and you've wrestled with alcohol, I, I, know, I know some people in here, you've gone through recovery, would you raise your hand? One, two, three, four. Okay, look at this, children. I want you to ask these people, what alcohol did in their lives. And especially my friend here, ask her how God restored her through Celebrate Recovery and doing that together as a community. I get goosebumps when I think about this. For six years of my life, I spent in, in recovery groups studying the culture, learning from these people who have hit rock bottom because when they were 14 years old, like my friend Chris McCabe, someone told me it was cool to drink. He used to drink his problems away. And he almost died at 14. You know, he's a youth pastor. I met him in Rhode Island. He, now he raps for Jesus. He's really good, too, if you look up Chris McCabe music. It's a lie, children. In high school, they're going to tell you, hey, man, why don't you come to this party? And we'll, we'll, we got alcohol there. It's Germany, so we can start drinking at 14. It's a waste. It's a waste. Talk to the adults, Okay. Don't let that opportunity pass. Interview them. Ask them. Paul says here, 
Uh, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. The, the, the Greek word there is asoteria. It's, it's the opposite of salvation. It's wasteful. When people get drunk, they don't get smarter. They start stumbling. Imagine if I was up here and I was preaching drunk. It would be a waste of your time. It doesn't say drinking is a sin. It says don't get drunk. But let's just be wise with our time here. It leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, Really quickly here, just really quickly, I I think the best way I can illustrate this, there are are, uh, certain ministries of the Holy Spirit. I call it RIBS, R-I-B-S, Regeneration, Indwelling, Baptizing, and Sealing. Okay? These are permanent ministries of the Holy Spirit that we get the moment in faith in Jesus Christ, and they never go away. It's like the movie Sandlot. It's forever forever. You can never lose the Holy Spirit. Once you get the Holy Spirit, you can never lose the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I think of it like this. Okay, this is us. Uh, we're, just, we're just an empty container. We have really nothing to offer anybody. We have nothing to offer the world unless God fills us with himself. So I think here we have us and then the moment of salvation right here is when the Holy Spirit, make sure this milk is good here. Yeah, it's good. This is salvation right here. This is regeneration, indwelling, baptizing, sealing of the Holy Spirit. All those verbs in the Greek are written in the aorist tense, which is a fancy way to say they'll never go away. Forever. And then we have this interesting, interesting ministry called the filling of the Spirit i.e. Ephesians 5.18. It's the only place in the Bible that says, be filled with the Spirit as a command. So it grabs my attention. I think of the filling of the Spirit is not only is your, is your, you have this you know, Holy Spirit in you now, but, but this is the good stuff now. Look at this. More? My kids are always like, more, more chocolate. Okay. but more. Just go all out here. So you get the filling of the Spirit. Okay. Certain things when I submit to one another, when I speak psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. There's a couple ways to see the rest of these passages. Some say 19 through 21 is, is the means by which we're filled. Other people say you know, it's the fruit of being filled. I just say now I'm like, why, why can't it be both? Why can't it be both? We've had this tradition in the Brang household where ever since the kids were, were super little, I would just grab a guitar and I'd play. They'd be laying in bed and I'd just play songs. We'd play songs. And sometimes, man, those songs got us like, Jeanette and I are just started like praying and like singing and pray singing and making stuff up and spontaneous worship and we're making up words and then we're, in, we're crying and like this thing's getting, like the spirit's getting stirred up in our house. And we're just praising God, and, and we've, we've got Giselle on, like, on, reco- on recording where she's like, Holy Spirit, she's like, save us and heal us, and it, it was awesome. I think that's the filling of the Spirit. So look at this. Person, regenerate, indwelt, baptized, sealed, and they're filled with the Spirit. And when that thing gets stirred up, because it's a passive verb, it says, keep be being filled. So someone else is doing the stirring and it's happening to me. 
That's the original word. And what happens after a while, after you stir this thing? What happens? What happens? You see it from the outside. I mean, you could see it from all the way from over there, right? This thing's changed. It's no longer the same. This thing has changed. Everybody is attracted to it. Like, mm, something smells good in here. You can't smell milk, but you can smell chocolate milk. Okay, so if I left this for a day, what's going to happen? What's, well, at the, at the end of our fellowship here, what happens to all the chocolate? It settles at the bottom again. And you can see a little layer of chocolate at the bottom again. I think being filled with the Spirit is, got to keep that thing stirred up. Got to keep it stirred up. And this is the, the life of the filling of the Spirit. The other ones are promises. Ribs are promises. The filling is a commandment. So we ought to uh, keep be being filled every day. And so when I do things that are in line with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I learned that from uh, VBS 1986. <laughs> Send your children to VBS. They will remember things 30 years later, 40 years later. Okay, all right. I'm going to put this back in here. And look at that. That is so good. Let me go ahead and try that. Yep, that's fit for consumption. And uh, the blessed winner is Kyler. Since this is your, you can have this. Can we do this, folks? Can we do this? You keep being, being filled with the Spirit. Keep submitting to the Spirit. Keep Look at the verse here, okay? Let's just keep going. We can keep this thing stirred up. We can keep it stirred up, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, right? Someone sang that song to me almost 30 years ago, and I never forgot it. You remember things in songs. You remember things that you sing. That's how I got entire Taylor Swift songs memorized, because I keep hearing it on the radio when I'm working out, and it's stuck in my head. If you want to get anything in your mind, get it through music. Music's amazing. Now, we don't really know what these things are, but I, I think psalms are from the psalms. Hymns. I don't think it's just that green little book. I think they're just songs about God. Anything. Spiritual songs. Making music with your hearts to the Lord. Giving thanks for everything. You know what I'm thankful for? Even the times I've wasted time, because it shows, it's an indication in my life how God's been gracious to me. Even the times I've wasted, even the past three years, wasted, I'm thankful because God's been gracious to me. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Being humble. Being humble. Um, these are nine ways to buy back time. Okay. There is a great article in the, in the Stuttgart Citizen. Actually, two issues ago, Eric Bryan wrote one about turning 50 and about challenging young people to just look up. Just look up and look around. And then I wrote the next article the next week about, about um, turning your smartphones into dumb phones. It's one of the, it's one of the most common tricks today that we, that we invented these things that just suck our time up. Just suck our time up. And I, 
And one of the ways I've, I've gotten a lot of time back is I bought one of these. I bought one of these. I look at it, no text messages, no calls, goes right back in the pocket. My background is in, is in uh, media and, and, and actually social media. Back, back in the days where we were like HTML coding things and, and MySpace was coming out and Facebook. So that is my background. I know my son's like, well, you, you've done social media. I'm like, yeah, but, uh, and I look back now, sucks so much time for me. You're tempted now to spend, children, you're spend, your time is tempting to spend a lot of time on social media, on Instagram, on YouTube, things like that. It's fun, but a lot of it's a waste of time. And when I say children, I'm really talking to the adults in here. I'm just masking it. Moms, when you go to the park, just be present. So much time looking down. Let's look up. Let's look up to heaven. Let's look up, see what God's doing. So, so with that, I'm going I'm to end this sermon here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call us to, to repent. I'm going to call us. Do this together, folks. Let's do this together. I'm going to call us to repent and take back. Take back all that wasted time. Everybody's going to have their own little, little different convictions. Maybe your conviction is, yeah, yeah, I do spend too much time on my phone. Maybe it's, man, I spent too much time being bitter over the past years of someone who hurt me. Maybe it's, oh my goodness, what am I doing? I'm drinking my life away. Maybe it's you, the Holy Spirit, that's between you and God, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just play some soft music here, and then I will end by implementing this verse. I'm just going to say some truths, but I'm going to sing it to you. And then just right now, if you could just bow bow your heads and, and ask these questions. Ask these questions um, to yourself. How have you wasted time? How can you redeem that time? You can write it down. You can journal. And then let's repent all together as a group.
time where we are challenged by your word. Lord, we repent. We repent as, as a group, as a body of believers from the time that we've wasted not being good stewards of our time. And Lord, we seek to buy back that time walking around filled with the Spirit, speaking psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another, giving thanks for everything, submitting to one another out of reverence, for Jesus Christ. In your name we pray this. Amen. Could you please stand and uh, just receive the benediction? And you can join us next door for some fellowship. Receive this benediction now to him who is able to do far above anything we could ask or think. According to the power that is at work within us. To him be the glory. In Jesus Christ and in the church, to every generation, now and forever, amen. amen. Go and be blessed, everybody. Thank you.